When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey, have you heard? Podcast One has a whole bunch of awesome new shows filled with big names that are waiting for you on our brand new amazing app. This one's a game changer. There's Norman Lear talking to Amy Poehler, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Charles Barkley. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with Brian Cranston, Josh Gad, and soon Neil Patrick Harris. Nice. OC Real Housewife, Heather Dubrow's World, Lady Gang's Three Mimosa Podcast with Leah Michelle, Nelly Furtado, L. King, and more. Plus every episode of The Adam Carolla Show, Dan Patrick, and Rich Eisen. And if you like what happens in the ring, we've got Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Chael Sonnen, and a whole bunch more. So download our one of a kind new app and see for yourself. Go to the App Store, Google Play, or download it now at podcast1.com. Daredevil Events and Corolla Drinks present Rock at the Shop featuring Loxie. Oh man, I hear you begging, please. Ain't my decision to be kind. July 29th at South Bay Customs in El Segundo, California. Loxy, plus the smoking kills. Just another Southern California. Rock at the shop, July 29th. Now the pretty girls start to look the same. Corolla Drinks presents Rock at the Shop with Loxy and the Smoking Kills, hosted by comedian Matt Edgar. July 29th at South Bay Customs, 115 Penn Street, El Segundo, California. Get your tickets now at CorollaDrinks.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. The choice big on, man. Get on and welcome to CarCast, my favorite, man. How are you Hello. doing, Matt D'Andrea? I'm doing well. Better now that it's your favorite podcast. <laughs> Fabrice Katiba, I think we're saying that right. I think so. Uh, he's coming in here. Yeah. He's the owner of uh, GT Technique. He uh, brought in the race spec R8 Audi. It drives me nuts that Audi has two R8s. Yeah. One's a huge four-door sedan. The other's a nimble little two-seater with no back seat. Yeah, but it's not the the sedan's not an R eight anymore. It's an S eight. Oh, it's an S eight. Yeah, there's an A eight. Right, and then and the an fast S8. version of the S eight. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it bothers me that they have two eight platforms that are. That, I'm the with same. you. I'm with you on that one. It uh, could only be confusing. There could be no other way but making this confusing. Like when they go. You know, uh, eleven years ago or nine years ago, when they go, "Hey, boss, 
we want to make a supercar. It's a mid-engine, two-seater, all-wheel drive supercar. And we want to designate it the 8. <laughs> Doesn't somebody at Audi have to raise their hand and go, the car I drove here today yeah. with the huge back seat? Yeah. That's also an eight. Today we could have done <laughs> nine. We could have gone to nine. Are we out of numbers? <laughs> like yeah. if, if BMW to, did the same thing. I know. If we want to go to nine, do we have to buy that from Ford or something, or can we just <laughs> name it a nine? It's right? like, well, let's just call it a nine. That'll stop the the part where people are talking about, especially drunk at a Hollywood party, about an S eight or an R eight. They're, Most folks don't know. Like when you're trying to hit up a chick and impress her and she wants to know what kind of car you drive and you tell her it's an Audi S8 or an R8, she's not going to picture the two-seater and picture the four-door. Worse could be if you're <laughs> in the R8, like V10, and you go, I have the R8. She goes, oh, the big sedan, the family car. And you're uh, like, no. So you have kids. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So BMW has the uh, M1, which we love. Right. And then they have the 1M, which is the little tiny car. That's out now. Right, but at least... Or the 1 Series, whatever. I don't know if they... I think there's a 1M. But at least the M1, (laughs) they stopped making in 1989, right? Yeah, but didn't they kind of sort of shut the door on the potential of doing, like, a a supercar version that they could have done a new M1? I don't know, but I'm with... So they had to do an i8? (laughs) I'm with me when I say... Look, I was just driving through, like, Altadena the other day... And that sounds hot. I came to the intersection of like Mountain View and Mountain View, and I was like, "How am I in an intersection of Mountain View and oh, Mount, yeah, oh, yeah. Mountain View Drive and Mountain View Road?" I don't even yeah. like that. Yeah, that's or place and street, or it's yeah. Too, that just get a new name. Just get a new name. Hence, by the way, it's why we name things. Yeah, there, there's there's only one reason why we name things, and it's to differentiate. It's like I don't even like the juniors. I don't even like, every once in a while no. I get a I got an email from Jim Kimmel or Jimmy Kimmel. His yeah. dad is Jim Kimmel. I, there's been times when I've replied like when like hey great show last night or whatever, and it's his dad writing yeah. me an email because they're both Jim Kimmel. Like it just kind and of voids it for me. In life, anybody that I know that is in that situation hates it. Like my brother is Dennis and my dad is Dennis, and. Gay chef or boat repairman? Boat repairman. Mm-hmm. And, uh... A lot of range and, and like, in your brothers. I'm telling you, he... Like, sometimes their credit reports get, get swapped, like... Right. Because it's just stupid. Well, how... How can it not, if you're on Lakeview Road and Lakeview Place, and you're driving, staring at your phone, and it's saying Lakeview, Lakeview. Or, or you've scribbled it down on a cocktail nap, yeah. and it's 1176 Lakeview... Well, of course it's going to happen all the time. <laughs> right, all the time. The, the one that drives me insane. And when you live on that road, you you got to, and people come over, you're like, it's Lake Blue, like right. Blue Place, not right. Terrace. And, you know, it's got to, you know, I, and they don't get confused. And I, the, the worst is the Donnas. In Studio City, in the hills, in Hebrew Heights, they named every street Donna. There's Donna Dolores, Donna Pegida, Donna Sangria, like Donna, Donna with the Spanish surname behind it. I couldn't remember the first time I was going up there with all the, I just wrote down Donna, like whatever, yeah. Donna Dolores. All right, I'll just write Donna down. Oh, no. They yeah. all start with Donna. And then and it's not only that, it's not Donna, it's, it's, it's not Donna Dolores and Donna Jake. It's Donna Dolores yeah. and Donna Pegida. 
Like, it's all just Spanish names. By the way, only Jews live up there. Not one Spanish person. There's not a Mexican who lives anywhere in one of those Donnas. That's where they film Boogie Nights. You see the Boogie Nights where they're going up? That's where the whole Mulholland okay. yeah, murders, yeah, yeah. That, all the uh, Lookout Mountain and all that. That's a, that those, those houses, those that stuff with the f- f- uh, Molina and the firecrackers and everything, That's those are the Donnas. But, uh, okay, yes. do you think to solve the problem you do, I, is it New York that does it, where every, every there's like a street and then there's I, Ave, and the yes. like streets go north and can south I, and Ave go east and west, you, it's just a big grid? Can I tell you, yes, what a lifesaver, like when Jimmy and I used to go to New York, and I didn't know, I'd never been out of North Hollywood, I didn't know where yeah. anything was. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I've only gone a handful of times, I don't really know how it works. But It, it was that we'd stay at this hotel on Lexington or whatever, and we we the studio was on, you know, 6th and whatever, and you'd start walking, and you'd start walking, and you go, oh, we're going to 6th, well, this is 2nd, and you go, oh, that's 3rd, okay, go that way, yeah, yeah. keep going, otherwise you just walk a mile in the wrong, wrong direction, direction, because yeah. if you just name the streets after presidents, <laughs> and they don't go in any particular order. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a question Put them in here. order. Put them in order. Butch, 63 from Brea. Yeah, good old Brea Mall. Hey, guys, how good. you doing? Good, man. You got a grandkid who wants to put a turbo on his Ford Focus? I do. He's a good kid. And, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it's not that expensive. I've done some homework, and it's pretty cheap to do. I just wanted to get your recommendation since you're a car racer guy. You're the greatest grandfather in the world. By the way, is the kid 11? (laughs) He doesn't seem that old, Bruce. 63. I like this kid. Yeah. Your sharp yeah. contrast to my grandpa, which would be like, uh, can I take some of this goulash back to my apartment? Not in our Tupperware, you cannot. No, you cannot. <laughs> you can scoop it no, in your we hand. we do not trust you. Just make a little <laughs> No, we, we have pickle yeah. jars and we have mayonnaise jars that are weird and crusty on the top. And we will give you the goulash in one of those. But our weird old sun-blasted uh, uh, Tupperware? No. No. No, no, no. No, we do yeah, not love you on. that much. Go ahead, Butch. I'm sorry, man. I know it's your rough. Family, is they're just horrible. Fucked up. Oh I'm my sorry. god, they're so horrible. <laughs> I heard some of the hey, stories. Hey, Max Paddock. Next way. time my mom comes in here to help clean, you give her a piece of your. Oh, Max, <laughs> have you ever met my mom? I've never met your. I mom, didn't even ever. know you had. Have you ever met my mom? Do you know that my oh, mom lives less mom. than three miles her. from here? <laughs> less than three. Less than three miles from here, and has been alive the entire time I've owned this shop. I, I have to say, I don't to believe, believe it. it. <laughs> yeah, there's, no way. there's no way that's true. <laughs> Questions are emerging. But my dad, always buffing out those Nissans, <laughs> always tuning, always wrenching, always. Uh, my dad lives six miles the other direction. He's never. Well, he was here when he did a podcast. Yeah. But that's the only time I saw him. That's the last time I saw him was his last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. The Matt, first you nine know, times I saw him in there, doing, I had no idea who he was. Oh, my dad? Yeah. He yeah. never, like, said, hey, I'm. He doesn't know how to do that. You know. <laughs> hey, Corolla, uh, but, that yeah. time that you told your mom you would give her a free driveway and a carport, and she was too lazy to get a bid? I mean, come <laughs> on. He's buying you a damn wow. driveway, and you're going to sit on I mean, jeez. Now, to be fair Good to her, time. she had to pick out three bids, and I was going to pay the middle bid. So it wasn't just one bid. She would have had to open the phone book to the cement section yeah. or the concrete pouring of the driveway section and, and call up three people to come out. Yeah. And then I'd have to pay it. But people always say, like, uh, I don't get it. Well, I, I don't get it. What's wrong with her? Like, who wouldn't want a free? 
that where the part where you don't get that's who they are. Yeah. I feel like even getting the bid can be delegated. Like, I could have outsourced that to somebody. She could have got uh, Stepdad John to do that. You know, uh, a, yeah, no, a, a niece or nephew even. That's called depression, but most importantly, it's called being a loser. Like, that's how you're a loser. Not, not have, Busted up driveway doesn't make you a loser. Not being able to get a free one from your celebrity son, Yeah, that's loser. All right. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty damn but, lazy. She must have been date raped by your dad, dude, because I think she's so lazy she would have <laughs> Never had sex. Yeah, although I don't think my dad could get a boner. I don't know how we got here. Oh. <laughs> oh, All right, but you're, 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 yeah. So listen, uh, it's a Focus hatchback. It's a it's a nice little car. It's a six you know, five speed manual. And uh, who? What should I do? Uh, go with the Ford stock parts uh, from their racing division, or should I go with a, a you know Whipple or something like that? What year is it? Thirteen. Uh, hmm. There's tons of great mm-hmm. kits that work now, right? Yeah. Like it used to be when we were doing it, it was kind of catch as catch can. Like, get the right size turbo, make sure you get the right size turbo, and then just kind of hook it up and keep your fingers crossed. And yeah. now they just have full-blown kits, right? You know, there's a handful of kits out there, and if you ask around on what's popular, what's selling well, look at some of the forums on what it takes to install them, what kind of reviews are out there, but... Uh, for the most part, I think you're gonna you're gonna find something that's pretty good. Like I wouldn't find you know find some of the Chinese junk off of eBay. Like if you're worried about the quality of the products, then you know go with a name brand that that is out there, or go like you said, go from the Ford Motorsport catalog, the Ford Racing catalog. Yeah, and I agree. Just go online, get the feedback, see what people what what people did to get it done, and uh, and it's easy now that you're online. Grandpa Butch. That's a good, that's an old school name, Butch. Yeah. All right, why don't we get Fabrice and get him ready to uh, come in? I'll tell you about a loan back for fourth season with a crazy new twist. I like that's this right. Idea. Rules have changed. Ten survivalists are still dropped into an unforgiving wilderness, but now it's five competing teams brothers, fathers, and sons, and a married couple. All right. It's a different kind of survival show. Besides their teammate, they're truly alone. No camera crews. They film themselves. No gimmicks. No forced challenges. Teams are split, equipped with five items each to win. They must find each other and survive the North Vancouver Island the longest. It's an unforgiving wilderness. 500000 is at stake. Tune in for an all-new episode. That is Thursdays, 10 o'clock, 9 central, on history alone. No gimmicks. A different kind of survival show. Let's get it done. Let's go to history. Thursdays, 10 o'clock, 9 central. Fabrice, good to see you. Good to, good to see you as well. How uh, are you? All right. So how do we do your last name? What do I do? How do I say that? How do you say it? It's Katiba. Katiba. Chris is right. That's what he said, yeah. We got it right. Yeah. GT Technique racing am i saying technique right or should i say technique technique pronounced the german way <laughs> oh i like that so last time you brought in your uh, audi r wait a minute s yeah the r8 all right <laughs> all right full race trim uh what's what are we working on these days not much a new venture actually um you know we opened up gt technic uh, about a year and a half ago now um opened up a location in irvine and in miami uh wanted to really bring um, more of a concierge-type service to the aftermarket in terms of what we're doing in racing, in the professional motorsports, as well as club racing, and uh, really just kind of make it a little more intimate in, uh, how does in that the, respect. How does the concierge part of it work as you bring it up? Um, you know, it's 
It's very custom tailored to each individual client. So depending on their needs and what their goals are, ultimately, and whether it's in racing or building a car, we kind of sit down with them. We go over a, uh, a list of things that they want to do, what they want to achieve, and basically really educate them. Because a lot of people come to us and they really don't know. You know, they'll come to us and they say, well, I want to go racing. And, you know, I want this 900 horsepower car. And, uh, you know, you've been around motorsports long enough to know that, you know, that doesn't necessarily translate to safety and or fun at the racetrack. They can get very expensive very quickly. So right. what we try and do is really custom tailor a program to someone's uh, abilities, uh, their needs ultimately, and where they want to be. I feel like the sport is growing um, and certainly road racing. I don't know, maybe because NASCAR's waned a little bit or maybe it's just me, but I feel like I'm seeing more events. I'm seeing more race cars for sale at these vintage auctions we go to, and some of them yeah. aren't vintage. Like, there's more and, modern race cars. I just feel like uh, Matt sent me some information about uh, the Monterey Historics, or Rolex Historics. Yeah. I keep saying the place is getting more crowded every year, more cars being denied, more entries, yeah. more crowded run groups, spectators. You know, as I go through turn four or whatever it is, and there's those bleachers. Those things used to be very sparse. Now, we went to go watch a race last year, and they were, we were trying to make elbow room to go yeah. sit in those bleachers. Like, it was 70,000 people last year, and it's grown from like 50,000 to 70,000 in the last six years at just the Rolex Historics. Right. You know? So are, are we finding that more people doing more track days, more of these kind of clubs where they, they show up and they have the garage and they want their car there? It's like, I feel like this is growing. Absolutely. I mean, I think you know, manufacturers have definitely caught on, um, whether it's you know, road cars that you can buy today from the street that are more capable um, right off the showroom floor, whether you look at a you new Ford Mustang or you look at a Porsche GT3. I mean, these cars are very capable cars at the racetrack. The reliability has gotten better on cars over the last 10 to 15 years with modern technology uh, and manufacturers and racing have caught on you know they now build race cars that you can buy as a customer and these cars are now trickling into the hands of um, individuals uh, private individuals and they're able to go out to the track and enjoy them you know and you know with I think with social media and just you know all the all around the car community is really growing which is is great to see you know for a while there was there was a bit of a decline but now I think with everything that's available to you um, you know at, at your fingertips um, you can get out on the racetrack and enjoy your own streetcar effectively um, and have a good time, fairly inexpensively, too. Yeah, and again, stuff works. It used to be a lot of you know overheating and brakes going south. and It's just yeah. everything, everything works now. Your specialty <clears throat> is German cars? It is, yeah. Mostly sports cars, German cars. We do some Italian stuff here and there, uh, Ferrari, Lamborghini. Um, but uh, my state, mainstay has been Porsche and Audi over the last 25 your, years. Your shop is full of Porsches. It is, yes. And is, and w is that because that's what customers are doing? Like you're seeing – like Porsche has been a pretty big supporter of of going through their catalog of 911s or even Caymans and picking one that's pretty much track ready other than a little bit of prep. Maybe ah. swap a seat or something and brakes and – and because it seems like your clients are buying fairly modern cars and saying, hey, let's let's go to the track. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the new 911 platform, particularly the GT3, um, I think there was a study that was just released. Over 80% of GT3s are tracked at one point in their lifetime, which is, you know, amazing. 90% right. are advertised when they're sold, never tracked. <laughs> so there's a math, yeah. there's an equation that's not working out. Because every single one that's on sale on yeah. Bring a Trailer is never, never tra been tracked. <laughs> never been tracked. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's a, that's a good thing. Um, the uh, And I know you have, you have an Audi 
coupe, you have a Quattro, right? A 91. Yes, a couple of them, actually. Those things have gone up an incredible amount in, of, in value over the last few years. I mean, they've always been great. Everyone's always liked them. But the – and we Matt, Matt and I have sort of talked about this. We're always trying to kind of figure out which way the wind is blowing for the market, market yeah. on, on used cars or vintage cars or collector cars, whatever it is. It's down on a lot of the old Lamborghinis, the Porsche, Ferraris a little bit flat, Porsche dove, jumped up hugely, and this kind of leveled out, mellowed out a little bit. The, uh, the B uh, rally cars and uh, the early, yeah, uh, the yeah. older Audis and the midder Audis and the, a lot 80s, of the rallies, 80s. 80s, 90s rally cars, or even rally street versions of rally cars, have, that market has gone insane. Yeah, absolutely. It, is there any thought to why that one – is everyone just coming to, to be the right age for that or something? I mean, I think, you know, for guys like us, you know, who are in our late 30s or early to mid 40s, you know, these are cars that we read in Car and Driver, Road and Track, European Car Magazine while we were in high school and in college, and we all dreamt about them. Now we can afford them. They've become relatively inexpensive. Um, you know, there's very few of them, and they're just cool cars to have. You know, that, that late 80s, early 90s, Group A, Group B era, you know, whether you look at the BMW E30 M3, the Mercedes Evo 190 16 valve, you know, the Audi coupes, you know, all that stuff that came out of that era, you know, is just, it's really good hardware. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that entry where cars started to be fun, reliable, and just, you know, people are catching on. You know, the Porsche market, as you mentioned, went berserk. So people started looking at other things and what other cool cars can I own that are kind of got a retro styling and I can drive today, every day. Well, you have an E30 M3, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite cars just because it's, it's so nice. It's, it's very, really it's, clean because it he takes it every every <laughs> every cars and coffee every show that's red and it's just it's mint. It has a great uh, it's a great Euro German eighties look to it. And now you know BMW is great, but I don't I I couldn't tell the difference between a BMW and an Audi coming toward me at two hundred feet anymore, or a lot of the Audis and a lot of the BMWs or a lot of whatever. Yeah. Everything's just kind yeah. of being shaped by a computer. But this thing with the box flares and the tail in the back and the deck lid and just the, the way uh, the way the glass and the, the above the rear glass on the roof, the way that was shaped in, like it, it just is an insanely Euro. The inside smells Euro. Like everything just screams yeah. Euro on that thing. Yeah, no, I mean, they're great cars. You know, manufacturers had to build 5,000 examples of a car that they would eventually sell over a period of time to meet homologation requirements for certain racing series in Europe. And the BMW 30 M3 is one of the most successful touring cars ever in history. So, I mean, Yeah, and it's weird, those. And it is true. I think those um, Mercedes 190s are are coming up, the four valves, which was sort of the comp. Remember, you'd see the. Yeah. And everyone kind of liked the M3s better, but the Mercedes were kind of cool, too. Now, they were both, like, fairly gutless for what they were. Like, it's, it's not. I'm, you could get in a bone stock. Uh, Focus or Rabbit GTI or something just dust those cars now, but that's not the point. It's what they were when they were. Although, 
have you breathed on yours? You think about an Evo motor or anything? Um, actually, my car has all the Group A suspension. It's got a Group A bolt and roll cage, so it's been lightened. The fenders have been widened to Group A spec. So, I mean, it's it's pretty set up. I mean, it has 200 horsepower. So, when you're at the track, you flat foot it around all the corners. But it's a fun car to drive. It sticks really well, and it just does everything so well. It's so well balanced, you know. Yeah, it's fast if you don't have to use the brakes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> if you're just going around, <laughs> and you're going I mean, around. How much do you do uh, vintage racing? Or uh, we do, you, do. We support vintage racing. So you, do you, have, you have clients that are doing absolutely. Vintage racing. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm curious to know how much of them are starting to get into that. I know there's a handful of clients, like you said, that have their, their GT2s, GT3s. But how many of them are saying, hey, let's, let's, let's go to Monterey or let's go to, you know, well, wherever? Well, the, the popularity of vintage racing has grown considerably. I mean, you know, you can get into – it doesn't have to be a European car. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, Japanese cars that, are, that have come onto the market. I mean, you know, you're a big Datsun guy. I mean, you know what that's yeah. like. You know, old 510s are awesome to see at the racetrack. I mean, you really have to drive them, you know. I mean, and, you know, the respect to the guys that really manhandle those cars back in the day, you know, whether it was that, 935 Porsches, you know, old Jaguars, things like that. I mean, those are just fun cars. And, again, I think a lot of people are just realizing, you know, I can go out, I can, you know, a, a car like this can be an investment also, um, and they can have a good time. And the camaraderie is great at the racetrack. I mean, it's just it's just a different vibe in vintage racing, which is really kind of nice. I mean, you, it takes you back to the old racing days of what yeah. it was all about. What do you do when you're when you're setting up a vintage car for a vintage race? What are the things that you focus on? I mean, you know, you have to bleed the brakes and all that good stuff. You know, check the check the dates on the harness and, and that kind of stuff. But are there other things that may not spring to mind, you know, for that you like to focus on for setting the car up or getting it out or supporting it when it's out on the track? My guys go through a really a comprehensive list of things to check. And, you know, as far as all the suspension points and things that can fail with just time and fatigue that you don't necessarily see. So we really kind of work with a lot of the manufacturers and get a lot of data that we can. And, you know, we reach out to some of the teams that still exist that guys ran. So, for instance, with Porsche, you know, I mean, Porsche Motorsport is here. I mean, they've got a good customer base with a lot of the vintage stuff. A lot of those guys from Andile are still around. So I have personal relationships with those guys. So it's always good to pick up the phone. And, hey, you know, talk to this guy or that guy that was on the team in 1980 or 1985 or, you know, in the, in the mid-70s. I mean, you know, granted, they're definitely retired and they don't want to be bothered. But it's always <laughs> good when they pick up a phone. And they're like, hey, listen, look for this kind of stuff for that. So, Well, who's doing it right? I feel like Porsche realizes that so much is heritage, so much is vintage racing, so much of this is their history and people out campaigning these cars and being seen and – so they want to make parts available. They want to make information available. I mean, we, we hear about that, you know, Lamborghini has started to do their refurbishing stuff. I, I yeah, can't Mercedes, Mercedes is getting into it. it. I, like, I don't know if they're doing so much on the <clears> motorsport <throat> side as they have their motorsports classic something facility where they you can go and get cars restored. Yeah, but, down in Irvine, Mercedes yeah. has their classic center. Absolutely. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But uh, but Porsche, like you said, has been a big supporter of the vintage racing side of it, right? And I, I imagine, uh, you know, others got to step up or start to get into it. Maserati, Aston Martin. Well, it's like yeah. Nissan. I don't. It's a weird question because I'm not sure, but it's like Nissan has not really paid that great of attention to their vintage, right. to their history. 
And I know that because I have a bunch of cars that they should have. Right. <laughs> and I have them. So they didn't care about them. You know, these yeah. cars went for sale. There wasn't anything secret about it. They just did not want their twin turbo V8 79 280ZX. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't want that car in their museum. Yeah. But they don't. They didn't want that car. Yeah. Maybe they do now. I think everyone went through nobody's that. Nobody's called. <laughs> yeah, why didn't somebody call? Gotten, nobody sent an email. Make I mean, an I'll, offer. I'll check my voicemail after the show, but I don't think anybody's. Yeah, so called. it's like we Ferrari's out doing it, and you know Porsche's out doing it. Mercedes yeah. is getting into it. Nissan, not you know, kind of. I feel like I've talked a few. There may be a new regime who's getting a little more interested in it. But you take a company like Nissan and Datsun, so much history, insane amount of racing history. I feel like Mazda is stepping up and getting into their history a little bit. But, like, Nissan, like, meh, not so much. And it's like, I don't know. Why not? Like, yeah. just low self-esteem. Like, you go out to, uh, well, you go out to Mazda Raceway, or we know it is Laguna Seca, and there'll be a whole Mazda tent there and a whole Mazda team, vintage team, Absolutely. set up there. Yeah. And they'll have yeah. their techs and their guys, and, you know, they'll be volunteering. But they're there. Like, yeah. they have a presence. They're into it. There, there's a bunch of guys driving 510s yeah. and Z cars, but that's just like Bert from Lancaster. It's not anybody. Yeah, yeah. BMW it's, brings a group out there as well, and it's always like one of the guys that runs, I don't know, maybe one of the, I don't know if he runs the M1 car, one of the Batmobile cars. There'll be a few M1, like, you know, a few like Batmobile. He's president of something in motorsports, BMW. So there won't be races. any big BMW tent or trailer, uh, sorry, any Nissan tent or trailer out there. And it's kind of like, what's up, fellas? Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> well, I, I think it? you know. I think with Porsche, you know, the company philosophy has been racing, right? I mean, Porsche has been a sports car first, and you know, a, a road, car, you know, a, a daily yeah. driven car second. And I think over time, you know, there have been so many 911s that have been raced, and you know, we're in the in the seventies, the the RS, you could buy a street car and go take that car to Le Mans. I mean, literally with with minimal modifications. Right. And I think just uh, that's Porsche's philosophy. Um, you know, they're all about racing. It's just so deeply rooted in their history. And what they believe in, uh, even today, and I, I think that's you know, and I think that just trickles down. You know, I mean, they're a much smaller manufacturer too. You know, so they don't have those, they the, don't have those big corporate policies they have to deal. A with. lot of the Porsche racing teams are they the dealers that are racing the way Ferrari is set up? Like Ferrari has a lot of their dealers that that maintain the racing teams, and then if you're a customer and you just want to do Ferrari Challenge, you go to your dealer and you know, and your dealer basically puts together your race team for you and. So the, it seems like every Ferrari dealer, if they aren't involved in racing on some level, it's certainly an option for them. They can get into racing with their customers. Yeah, Porsche is a little different. I mean, PCNA or Porsche Cars North America, as we know them, uh, and then Porsche Motorsport North America run it as two independent companies, essentially. Um, and they try to keep things separated. As far as the teams are concerned, you know, they're mostly privateer teams that are supported, you know, or recognized, per se. I mean, we run a 991 GT3 Cup in the Pirelli Drivers Cup Series, so we're considered a recognized team. So we have a relationship with Porsche Motorsport. Um, and again, Porsche does a little differently with uh, with their racing. It is separated, I think, just because of, you know, all the lawyers and, you know, we live in Sue Happy, California and sure. amongst other places. Um, and again, like I said, because it is so deeply rooted in on the professional level versus sort of the amateur level, um, I think just Porsche has, you know, yeah. they've really defined customer racing in that respect. So what, uh, let's talk about your business. If, let's just say I got hold of my new, um, I just bought a brand new Audi R8 with the V10 in it and uh bone stock but a nice car and i I brought it to you and i said i want to make it unique i want to make it different i want to dial it in i want to i want to make it my own how 
would we sit down and start talking about price? Would we sit down and start talking about how tall I was? <laughs> would we, what would we, <laughs> yeah. what I want to do what, with the car? What color wrap? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, you know, we definitely sit down with you and, you know, get a better understanding of, you know, how you drive the car, how you use it, what you want to do with it, and then ultimately, you know, custom tailor a package. Whether it's the suspension, we'd address suspension, exhaust, wheels. If you're doing track stuff, we would address, you know, the safety part of it with the roll bar, harnesses, potentially different seats, um, and really just kind of build the car around your specific needs and what your ultimate goals are with the car. So no two customers are alike. I mean, I've had cars come to me and the customer's like, you know, I want a twin turbo R8. And we're like, okay, well, we can build that for you. He goes, I'm never going to go to the track. I just want to drive drive it to Cars and Coffee and just say, I have a twin turbo R8 and go canyon cruising. Other guys are like, listen, I've got, you know, a manual V8 R8. All I want to do is track stuff. So we'll lighten the car, you know, put all the safety features on it, uh, upgrade the suspension, make sure the car is reliable um, and just more responsive and, uh, and just build the car around their needs. What is a good value? Uh, we were talking about these R8s right. with the gated shift and the V8. The manual and, version of the V10s sort of the, from a few years ago. Yeah. Or the V8s even, just first generation or second generation. I don't know what those things are trading for these days, but it seems like that'd be a good deal on a reliable supercar. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can pick up a V8 manual six-speed, you know, with low miles for sixty to $85,000. The V10s are, you know, they, they crest about a hundred, hundred and ten. Um, you know, I have a manual V8 that I d- basically daily drive. It's got 65,000 miles on it and uh, never had a problem. You know, anything that's... I'll give you 49.5 for it right <laughs> now. Just leave the keys in Uber home. That's I'll right. give you 20 bucks for the Uber. I'm not going past 20. <laughs> After that, you got to run your own. It's a shared Uber, basically. Um, split the fee. So the, uh, yeah, I, I like that car. I, I feel like an NSX, the f- you know, first, second third generation uh, earlier you know at nsx are cool cars kind of yeah. going up but still yeah. still out there i'm i feel like in in that mid-engine department i feel like the ferrari 350 355 which i think is a great looking car you know they started to really make a move like hey man this is going to be a hundred grand a year from now so you better jump on it but they're like 60 65 now and there's a lot of nice ones out there and that's a cool little piece yeah Absolutely, yeah, I like those. Yeah, they, that, you know, that was the first generation, like really reliable Ferrari. You know, getting out of that 328 era and stuff. Um, you know, good cars. You know, it was definitely a predecessor uh, to the, um, you know, to the 348. You know, just reliability went up. Good cars, good styling, fun, reliable cars. I mean, I worked at Ferrari when that car was introduced. So, I mean, it was uh, it was a good. How car. many 355 engines have you taken out? Oh God, more than I care to admit. <laughs> you know, I mean, because <laughs> you got to take them out for everything. Yeah, major service engine and gearbox out, reseal. You know, we we do a lot of that in house and stuff but they you know like i said they're a little how older. long does it take to take the engine out we usually can get them out in about six hours all right so when you get a bill for 19 hours and drop <laughs> it through, you'd be like ah oh. yeah all right uh, yeah. do we have a question uh, max Pan? yeah of course and if you guys want to write in then uh please uh, go to carcashow.com click the contact page send your question in uh this comes from greg he's from washington he uh, he just has a question about Goodwood. Hey guys, I uh, I have heard you extol the virtues of the Mini Cooper, both classic and new. I'm hoping you consider a Mini for your next Goodwood run. Here are some reasons why. One, they are well respected and represented at Goodwood. Two, they are small and less expensive to ship. Three, they are plentiful in the UK in race trim and can probably be rented. And uh, four, there's a large classic mini following in the U.S. We have our own K&M Mini Challenge consisting of all classic minis this year at Sonoma Raceway. 
um, and uh, where you can practice for next year. In case you're worried about fitting in one, Joe Huffaker uh, has to be Huff six. Huffaker. Huffaker, excuse me. Joe Huffaker has to be 6'6 six, six and drives a mini. Mm. So uh, what do you think? Would you consider racing in one? Cheers, Gregory. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the Goodwood thing. Uh, we thought about buying like a Cortina or something that was there yeah. and then just going there and racing it. The thing about the minis in Goodwood is I believe they're, they're like in the same class as like the Ford Falcons and stuff. <laughs> so they got these huge 60s. There's yeah. even, they're in the same class as the biggest saloon cars that are like 5,200 pound cars out <laughs> yeah, there yeah, yeah. and everyone's just sliding around on grass. You'd really hate to really get into it with one of those massive. I, I'm trying to think. Is it a Falcon? What do they have? What they would, had a Galaxy. Oh, like, so a like a Galaxy. Like Galaxy. that's the biggest Ford ever manufactured. Yeah. Is a Galaxy. Yeah. With a, the whole lump weighs as much as the Mini does. It, it's in the same class because they have a big block Galaxy as well. That I, I, I swear, and that's you're like, going to find Max Pat is going to four Mini Coopers. He's going <laughs> to find pictures from the Goodwood revival of the Mini Cooper out there with massive. Massive Ford Galaxies. Yeah, let's get some photos of the Mini Cooper on the track and see what else is out there. Cause it but they be, kick ass. Yeah. I had a good race with uh, one, the guy wouldn't shut his lights off. Uh, oh, yeah. Seca. Which I didn't get because he had like 12 lights on the front. That feels like a real weight deficit. I got <laughs> he had like, a, like all these huge rally lights I, on the front of his Mini. All right, there's three oh, Galaxies. There's, like, there's a Mini back there, the red and a, one. And a, and, a, and a Mini back there, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of lot of car, a lot of See, V8 muscle, a lot of Detroit iron for that Mini. This picture proves your point. There are no Minis in the front of that pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had a great battle with a yeah. guy in uh, Laguna Seca. Yeah. And he had all those lights just to bother me. I know it. Yeah. Uh, that's why he's running them he during like the day. He had like six lights in the front of that Yeah. Car. There's the headlights and another four or something. Uh, but I got him in my 510. But later on, the great John Morton could not get him in my 510. Yeah, well, he's getting up there in age. Yeah, that guy. Uh, <laughs> I drove, I qualified it in front of this guy, but I didn't do the main race. I can't remember where we were going or what we were yeah. doing or something. So I just said. We had John. to leave, come back. You had to do a podcast. I it said, was John, you can drive. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> uh, that track and five ten, yeah, I like minis. I, I'm I'm down with it, but I I I'm going to meet you in the middle and probably go with a Cortina. All right, that's uh, also you become me. a mini guy. Like, yeah, what, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, once you're not like me, like a mini guy. Like, like now you're a Mini Cooper person. Yeah, and you've got to commit to that. And I know they work. I know they work for yeah. rallies. I know they work on the track. I mean, they really work. I don't like the front-wheel drive, but I, I yeah. understand it. Yeah. I get it. I, I like those, though. Those are cool. Yeah. All right. I like the vintage ones more than the new ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the new ones are nice, too. I'll tell you about uh, Geico. Here's something I like. You got stuff to do. How about you save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance? You don't have to go anywhere. Just head on over to your computer. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. One more time, go to geico.com. Yeah, you don't even have to get out of your house coat. Just take your slippers and your house coat over to the computer, turn it on, go to geico.com, spend a few minutes. You could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance at geico. Did you say house coat? House coat. That's a, that's a bathrobe. <laughs> okay. It's a house coat. 
I, all right. You know I, what a bathrobe is? Or I know who coat? Hugh Hefner is. <laughs> <laughs> a bathrobe and a house coat. Well, now you got to look it up, Max Pat. But I believe a house coat and a bathrobe are synonymous. Yeah. I think no, they're exactly the okay. same thing. I'm with you on it. It's just not. Uh, 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 just, just the initial dictionary definition is a house coat is a woman's long, loose, lightweight robe for informal wear around the house. Ah, oh, so, so it's, it's a woman's robe. It's a woman's. It's the lightweight kind. Kind of like, kind of like this thing. Oh, yeah, wow! So look at her. It's 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 a little more gowny than it is roby, but it is for around. You're not supposed to go to the market in it. Yeah, you're supposed to be around the house. But no dude can wear a house coat. Can you get the mail in that? Well, I don't know see, what the cutoff is. Let me see if I can is. find a mail one. See if we can like, find that. No, no. I mean, can you actually go out and get the mail in that? I don't know. Oh, the get the mail. On, like walking out of your house. Yeah, like I do. I get yeah. the mail and I the do robe the, and the I slippers. I do the robe yeah. and the slippers. Yeah. yeah, See, your neighborhood, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like everyone in your neighborhood's homeless. You'd blend right in. Well, <laughs> the robes that they wear out there on those streets are a little different. They're not as clean. So it's not really a bathrobe per se. It's like like, the, but it. Uh... That is a bathrobe. Oh, okay. So I wait, thought bathrooms are more like towely or well, they, they can dry. be made out of whatever material, just as long as they have a tie in the middle and they sort of drape drape around. So Not there's sure. a there's a dude house coat yeah. too. Yeah. So in, it, in for Canada, house apparently. coats, house coats for a dude is a bathrobe, but for a chick, it's that smocky thing. Sure. Is that true? Yeah, I think it's just what you wear around the house. I think you, right. you call it a house coat. This is sure. why we call it car cast. Yeah. yeah. We, focus, <laughs> we focus on morning wear, and yeah. if we have enough time, we talk cars. I just crossed off like four emails we've got about house coats. So <laughs> Good. Done. Done. All right. What is the next, uh, what's the, 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 the next and the best? So you're you're out here, and you're also in Miami. Correct. Because my, I always hear all the car shows and all that stuff. Is this just a bunch of money in Miami or a bunch of car nuts in Miami? What's going on in Miami? I think there's a lot of both. I mean, you know, Miami's exploded in the last 10 years. It went from Miami Vice to Miami Nice. So, right. I mean, you know, there's a, there's Are a huge... Are all the cars super douchey? No, I mean, you know, there's a huge, you know, I, we, we talk he about He makes Porsche. money off of that, though, so. <laughs> it's, it's like. I think it's uh, Porsche's number two marketplace. It's it's massive. There's a big racing community down there with Homestead, Sebring, oh, and all true. those tracks yeah. and stuff. And, you know, and there's a, a lot of money that comes up from Latin America now, you know, and these guys want to come racing and stuff. So it's, 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 a, it's a good melting pot. California. Everything looks like the show ballers. Is California, yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> California's number one for Porsche? It is, yes. So if somebody said... I have a. I'll try to pick a middle of the road kind of. I have an Aston Martin DBS, and I want you to breathe on it. You would know whether it was coming out of Miami or LA by what they wanted. Probably the wheels. The wheels. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You would have a thought, and if they wanted these wheels on it, like they're over twenty-one inches or triple yeah. chromed or whatever it is, or they wanted the insides painted and the outsides triple chrome or whatever or matte or whatever it is, you you would have a thought like this come from yeah, Miami, yeah. this come from uh, yeah. Irvine. I'm definitely going to get lambasted for this, but that's definitely a Miami <laughs> thing. For sure. Reese takes an order. It's like, hey, I got this DVS. I want to get these wheels on it. Do you need my address? Nope. You pretty much gave it to me. What do you order these wheels? We know where you are. <laughs> go to uh, so online. They should go to GT Technic. Uh, if I'm saying that right, it's T E C H N I K dot com. Is that correct? That's it. And they can go online and they can see pictures and they can find out about the company and what what services are provided and mod- all that good stuff. Right? Absolutely. 
All right. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, Fabrice, for coming in here. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, tell you guys, if you want to go to uh, the website, carcastshow.com, click their Amazon banner, and uh, let's get uh, Matt's uh, Mustang put together and off my hoist. Oh, yeah. How about that? <laughs> How about Let's do that. I'm a fan of that, too. I'm a fan of that, so do that. And uh, uh, you can go to chassis.com. We have the bug movie, a whole bunch of new movies showing up there, as well as the 24-hour war and all that uh, good There's stuff. There's a fighting movie. Oh, right. There's we, a boxing movie. Yeah, we got we got everything up there. We're, I keep adding yeah. movies. So just go to Chassis and check it out. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla. All right. For uh, Fabrice uh, Katiba. Awesome. Yeah, and it. Matt DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.